a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to... (laughs) 500 years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called Table Talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and His promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. Well, believe it or not, we've made it to our 100th show on Table Talk Radio. Welcome to everyone's favorite theological game show. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. (laughs) Uh, 100 shows. I remember the first time we recorded, sitting here in my office uh, in Lent years ago. Oh, I remember that, too. We still don't know what we're doing. I know. I remember that, too. We got done recording and went back to listen to it. I'm like, this sounds awful. (laughs) That's what we say every day now. It's terrible. We've been doing it a hundred times we've done this, and still, same old nonsense. (laughs) Different day. Well, for the first... Uh, segment here on the 100th show of Table Talk Radio. We're going to be, I guess, having a, a bit of reflection. So you can tune yeah. out for that and then uh, come yeah. back for segment number... What's that number... called where you say, oh, how good things used to be? That's um, reminiscing. Oh, you're, you're reminiscing. You live in the past. Uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. A little reminiscing. Right. And then we're going to do the bread and butter of Table Talk Radio, the praise song cruncher by request yeah, and then yeah. end up playing i guess this is also a kind of our our main thing uh is uh, bible b so uh that's the lineup for the 100th edition of table talk radio uh, so we didn't really plan this out what do you want to do for, oh buzzwords i guess we have to do some buzzwords first buzzwords yeah don't forget about the buzzwords okay well the buzzword i have for you is glorification and wow, uh, this... we're gonna have matching buzzwords buzzwords today did you pick that too no, no, not the same one. Very close. Oh, okay. Glorification. Okay, glorification. This refers to when uh, Christ was glorified uh, in, uh, in, into his, I, I guess, uh, up, upon his resurrection, but now he sits at the right hand of God uh, upon his ascension in, in in full glory. So now that uh, Jesus is still a uh, true man, uh, but he, he sits in glory at the right hand of God, which is not a, a geographic locality, uh, but is rather referring to to God's omnipresence, right? And and we also have the idea that because Christ has uh, has risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, we too will be glorified. Uh, the the those that are redeemed by Jesus, that trust in His salvation, will, when our last hour comes, wake up to see the glorified face of Jesus, and we will enter into His glory. And especially, we have our own resurrection uh, ahead of us and our own glorification. Marvelous. All right, what's yours? Uh, sanctification. Oh. Uh, so sanct- we haven't done. I, I can't believe we haven't done this word sanctification. It comes. It's a. Come, it has a Latin origin, sanctus or sancti, uh, which means holy. We we also get the word saint saint from it. Um, but sanctification then is holification. Uh, it, it is being made holy, and we can understand this both in the broad sense and the narrow sense. In the broad sense. Sanctification is everything that the Holy Spirit does 
to to bring us into the holy presence of God. So uh, the preaching of the word, believing, faith, which justifies us and gives us the imputed righteousness of Christ, and then the Holy Spirit continuing to work uh, in us so that we daily drown um, our old Adam and rise up in newness of life. That sanctification in the broad sense includes everything that God does for us to make us holy. Sanctification in the narrow sense is that specifically, is the specifically the work of the Holy Spirit uh, through the means of grace to increase in us good works, love for God and for the neighbor. I like that so. distinction. That's good. Now, do you mind if I go on a rabbit trail now? Yeah. Um, I was just emailing one of our listeners about this, but I, I went to a, a college of, of the Methodist tradition, and uh, you know, John Wesley had his little teaching on entire sanctification, you know? And uh, one of the professors came in one day and, and, and asked the class a question. He said, um, are you entirely sanctified? So how then, I know there's, uh, I mean, how a Methodist refers to sanctification might be a little bit different than how a Lutheran does. But how would you answer that question, Pastor? Well, it, it, I mean, you depend if if uh, if you are in the place where you a little bit cheeky, and so you can hold the conversation on for a little bit. You might say, "Yeah, I am entirely sanctified. I am entirely holy. In fact, I am as holy as Jesus is because He's forgiven me my sins and given me His righteousness and His holiness." I mean, according to the gospel, we are entirely holy, entirely forgiven, and therefore entirely sanctified. That's what of I said course, because I to am the, cheeky. <laughs> that's right that's what makes you so endearing <laughs> your cheekiness but we have uh we but if you don't have it i mean really that's a false teaching uh that this christian perfection the methodist idea of christian perfection that we can make that we can reach a, a point in life where we are beyond the need of forgiveness that's really what they're talking about uh perfection apart from forgiveness and that is bad right okay so hey um, you know we we uh Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, wait, what were you going to say? I, we recorded our last show last week. We uh, were asking people to uh, to call in with their favorite moments. We didn't realize that that show actually wouldn't air before we're recording this show. Because <laughs> we have to double up because we got some summer break coming up. But I put a, a, a thing on Facebook asking people to post their favorite Table Talk Radio moments. And I have a couple of those. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I know. Here, Here's one. This is from Ellie. She writes, There was that episode of the worst of games. I remember you guys were playing some church history multi-choice question game that was ridiculously hard. I was in the car with my mom at the time, and she even remarked, On what planet was this game a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that worst oh, of show? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was good. So we were, playing, we were playing Church Father Or. And how this works is is pastor comes up with a church father, or and then you name like like some sort of a odd asparagus or something from the dictionary, and I have to pick which one is the church father. Oh man, that wasn't good. Here, here's another one. Uh, this is from Sarah. She writes, "Do you have any favorite table talk radio moments?" And she responds, "That's the trouble. The answer's always no. Let's ask the question a different way." She says. Have those table talk radio moments made a favorite of you? Have they informed the faith by you? Have they laughed at you? Have they invited you into their hearts? And the answer to that is a glorious, gracious, conscious, freeing, comforting no. <laughs> That's oh, great. That's based Sarah. on your on your favorite story in the whole wide world. Yeah, but my favorite story I tell it every day. <laughs> the narthex of the McDonald's. Are you... Are you <laughs> Are your children getting tired of that story? Gather around, kids. Time for story time with Dad. 
Oh, Dad, we don't want to hear about the McDonald's again. <laughs> we also have, by the way, collected on Facebook a number of favorite quotations from fa- from from uh, from past shows as well. So, you want some more of these? Oh, yes. Apparently, th- I, I like to pull yours out. All these things that that I apparently said, I can't remember. But here's one from you. You say, you know, people are always like. You cheer for your sports team or whatever. Why not Jesus? And my response to that is, neither did the mother of our Lord. That's pretty good. <laughs> do you remember saying that? Uh, I think I do. Is when we were talking about uh, Jesus is better than football. Yeah, yeah. For weeks <laughs> talking about that song. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I said this. This is, I think, the best. The I, I told Carrie. I said if I didn't say this, I'd I'd fall off the chair laughing at whoever did. But I don't. I, I don't remember saying it. So it's like hearing someone else. But apparently at some point in the show, I said, the new perspectivists on Paul are like liberals trying to sound smart, just like the emergents are liberals trying to look cool. <laughs> I don't remember you saying that, but, but that's not surprising because I usually don't listen to the things that you're right, saying. Right, right. You're tuning um, out but of everything. That is that's, pretty, that, that's pretty true, though, isn't it? I mean, so you, you go to emergent church, and they've got like the square glasses, you know, and then like the... Like the kind of the uh, right. brown type <laughs> shirt and it's a little tight, you know. And, and so <laughs> yeah, 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 we didn't play football, but now we go to art galleries. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Nonsense. And that's how the and the new perspective on pause, or you know, we uh, we we want to spend time in the library and now go to some Ivy League school and ugh. <laughs> what a mess. Well, what about you? Do you have a do you have a favorite table talk radio moment? I was thinking about that. Uh, you know, one of my favorite moments is always when we have uh, Professor Pless on. You're and my professor, and we, he's playing Answer the Question As, and and we give him, you know, answer the question: What is salvation as an emergent church, or or what is a good work according to a Hindu, or whatever? And he and he just and without even hesitating, he just launches into an explanation of these these different doctrines and teachings and stuff. I, I just love that. I mean, it's a, that's an amazing sort of thing uh, to be able to do. So we need to do that again sometime. Yes, he's a, he's a hard guest to get on, but uh, when we do, uh, it, it's, it's wonderful. and it's, it's great. What about you? Now, what's your favorite Table Talk Radio moment? I actually have a favorite Table Talk Radio moment uh, every week when the show is over. I'm a, oh, good. <laughs> that is done. <laughs> Uh, we, we, maybe we should make the closing bump the Alleluia chorus. <laughs> it's over. Alleluia. Finally, it's over. <laughs> it's like when you're growing up and you're in church and you start to sing, Lord, uh, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. And I always thought that meant, hey, it's time to go home now. <laughs> Good thing we're singing about it. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. It, it, it really is hard to, to nail uh, some favorite uh, favorite moments. Um, you know, one of our, our favorite games that f- from our listeners, they, they love it when we do Praise Song Cruncher, which is why we're doing it here on our, our 100th show in the next segment. And uh, we get a lot of responses from that. And and I think that that really has been one of the things that uh, that we as uh, humble radio hosts have, have brought to the table of of uh, Christian radio is to be able to, to bring an analysis to these songs. You know, these, these praise songs are all over the place. And there needs to be some sort of a criteria of which we analyze these songs and so this i think table uh, this praise song cruncher has been uh, been able to do that a little bit so we'll do that right after this break there's more table talk radio on this 100th show right after this don't go away
ask bump me why, stuff. Oh. you've been listening to <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Can women be pastors in the church? Some say they can. On the next edition of Table Scraps Live, we'll be talking with Professor Larry Anderson of Central Christian College of Kansas to give his arguments for women's ordination. Why are there women pastors? How do they respond to clear passages of Scripture that say women should remain silent in the church? What arguments would you have against women's ordination? Listen to Table Scraps Live on Sunday, June 6th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time on piratechristianradio.com. For more information, go to our website at tabletalkradio.org to find out about Table Scraps Live. Again, it's on June 6th at 8 o'clock Central Time on piratechristianradio.com. This is a live radio call-in program, so you can call to give your arguments for or against women's ordination. On January the 6th at 8 o'clock Central Time, heard on piratechristianradio.com. Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside that red firelight? Oh, you gonna let it all hang out, fat bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. It's time to do some praise song crunching, but first, all Pastor, right. do you have any more of those uh, favorite moments or quotes <laughs> of Table Talk were, Radio? You were reminding me that... Uh, uh, about how really what the great joy of this show is is hearing from our listeners. You remember when we got the uh, pictures of of a catechism class playing buzzword? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they made a buzzword board game. Uh-huh. That that is simply marvelous. That we want to kind of. I mean, you know, we're sitting around here trying to figure out how to make theology and discernment engaging and entertaining and all of this sort of stuff. And when that when that catches a hold of someone and and it and it's able to translate into into churches and and real lives and real people uh, thinking about law and gospel in their in their everyday life, that is just. I mean, that's what we're after. That's, that's right. and that's marvelous. And actually, the the person that that made that board game who asked her to remain nameless, which I don't really blame her. Um, she she actually gave me a version of this board game. I have it right here. So there's different colored uh, cards here. There's white, green, red, purple, yellow, and blue. Pick a color, Pastor. Blue. Blue. Okay, I'm going to pull a blue one out just out of the stack. I'm not, I'm, this is just completely random. We didn't even plan on doing this. Um, yeah, okay, are right. you ready? Should, I'm ready. Okay, the false teaching that Jesus existed as two persons, the man Jesus and the divine Son of God, rather than as a unified person. This doctrine is oh, identified brother. with... Nestorius, the view that Christ was con- uh, this view of Christ was condemned with the Council of Ephesus in 431. Boy, this is a serious game. I thought it was going to be something like <laughs> Jesus or something. Uh, so, what is that doctrine called? That that Jesus exists in two persons. The uh, the dual that he has two different persons, not the two natures. I can't remember what that doctrine is. Are you is. kidding me? I, I just put this away. It, it, had a, it had a really big giveaway. I shouldn't have put it back in the stack. It's just not Nestorianism? Yeah, it is Nestorianism. <laughs> oh, oh okay. yeah. I thought you were looking for something else. Nope, nope. Nestorian. Oh, yeah, having Nestorius in the, in the clue. This doctrine is identified with Nestorius, so yeah, that was a good giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be something more complicated. All right, take us through the praise song cruncher. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have five criteria for discerning a, uh, uh, the usefulness of a praise song. This is, uh, you remember how when you were a kid and they would throw the greased, the Vaseline-covered watermelon in the pool and you'd have to dig it out on the 4th of July? Did you do that, that growing was, up? That was you. 
<laughs> oh, that was me. And I always thought, you know, what you need, you can't grab hold of this thing. What you need is to jump in there with like a diving knife, and then you could just stab it, and then you could grab a hold of it. Well, the praise song cruncher is like the diving knife. It allows you to stab and grab a hold of a praise song. How about that for graphic imagery? I like it. Ooh. <laughs> so we have five criteria that we're using to grab a hold of a praise song and critique it, crunch the sucker. The first is, is Jesus mentioned? And if he's mentioned, is it by name or by concept? Second question is, what is that, mysticism? I can't remember. In mystic, is it, uh, oh, no, 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 clarity. Is it clear? Does it use sentences with verbs, objects, subject, or does it just use sentence fragments like modern poetry, which doesn't really say anything, it just induces images in your mind? The third question is, is it subjective or objective? Is it about actual things that actually happened with God, or is it about emotions? Is it just pure emotive nonsense? Third, fourth question is, is law and gospel rightly divided? Is there any law? Is there any gospel? And is it rightly divided? And the fifth question is, is there any false teaching? Now, the reason why the cruncher is useful is because the only question most people ask is, is there any false teaching? The problem is, most of the time, there's no teaching at all. So if there's no teaching, there can be no false teaching. And then you say, ah, let's sing it, because there's no false teaching. So the praise song cruncher wants to go a little bit further than that. All right, and the first uh, song we have to analyze with the praise song cruncher is You Are My Joy by David Crowder Band. And he set me on fire, You Are My Joy by David that's, Crowder Band. That's what you say when you see someone at their 15-year class reunion. Oh, they've really let themselves go. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that was sent to us by request by Frank in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you want to send hey, thanks, us your Frank. praise song cruncher request, send them to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Okay, so first question is Jesus. Is he mentioned yes, no, and if yes, in name or concept? What is this at the end? He start, You are my joy. You, you missed the chorus, which is this. You are my joy, you are my joy, you are my joy, you are my joy. <laughs> now you are my what? I, didn't I know what the <laughs> joy. Oh, joy. okay. You are my joy. And then here's the end. Uh, I'm laughing so hard, and I'm laughing so hard, and I'm laughing so hard. That's what they call holy laughter. <laughs> Hebrew poetry has this repetitious sort of thing, right? So, <laughs> so I see the Hebrew influence in this hymn. <laughs> All right. What is the first question about Jesus? Well, is it Jesus who's setting me on fire and I'm burning alive with his breath in my lungs and I'm coming undone? This is really weird. I hope that's not what Jesus is doing. He set me on fire. Our God is a consuming fire. That's another praise song. This from this Hebrews. is uh this is I think a contender for maybe the worst praise song that we've analyzed here. 
<laughs> By the uh, way, I'm, so I don't think I don't think Jesus is mentioned here for for our website. I'm, and I'm hoping by the time this airs, we'll have it on the website at tabletalkradio.org. I'm working on a uh, a sheet that lists out all the praise songs that we've ever crunched, and then a listing oh, of nice. what show. So you know, if your church plays a, a praise song, you can check out our website to see if we've analyzed it. And then yeah. uh, go listen to it. So then maybe after I do that, we should have a, uh, a listener participation game to see uh, what is the worst praise song that we've we've crunched and, right. and, and get people's votes on that. I got pretty worked up a couple weeks ago about something. Oh, this yeah. is, this is going right. to – I think th- this is going to work me up, though, if you, we keep going. So I don't think Jesus is mentioned here. Okay. I mean, unless Jesus is the one holding me down and breathing fire into my lungs, undoing me, what a frightful sort of image. Yeah, I need to catch my gre- breath. I need to. I need to catch my breath. Give me a moment now. Look, so he's singing along. Whew, I gotta catch my breath. Hold on, guys. Hold on. <laughs> we'll just add that into this, the lyrics. <laughs> is this a real praise song, or is this a, what they call contemporary Christian rock and roll, where it's, it's just played on the radio? Do churches use this in church? I don't know that. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe our our listener Frank in Raleigh, North Carolina, can can help us out there. But indicate if this was used in a church. Okay, no Jesus. What's the second question again that we have to do? Uh, the second question is clarity. Is the song clear? So we're looking for you know sentences. So if it's clear, it gets a ten. If it's obscure, then it gets a one. Um, well, this there. I think this does use normal grammar. I need my, to catch my breath. I need to. I need. I'm laughing so hard. Uh. I cannot hold it in. Remain composed. Love's taken over me, so I propose the letting myself go. It's, I mean, it's sort of uh, normal sentences, but tell me what in the world this means. So uh, the words are there, but now that does this sentence make sense? He set me on fire, and I am burning alive. Now, I mean, that's pretty clear. I mean, if so, I mean, if if I said to you, hey, if I called you in the middle of the night and I said, Evan. He set me on fire. I'm burning alive. <laughs> you would know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's a sentence that makes sense, but it does not make any sense to say this about about God. I was thinking. I mean, unless it's talking about unless this is like the the uh, the, the, the the what we sing in hell or something. <laughs> I but was then think- I think the chorus "You are my joy" wouldn't quite make sense. I was thinking about the guy who sets. Uh, his foot in church for the first time, and this is the opening song at, at the praise at the praise time. He set me on fire and bring alive. The, the poor yeah, guy's he's going, looking holy around smokes. for guys. <laughs> he's like, what are they? Uh, holy smoke! Literally, what are these ushers going to do to me? You know, he's like, should I have brought a fire? Who's going to start? Who's going to start bringing my bringing breathing fire in my lungs? I got to get myself out of here. Yeah, he's got he's got nine one one dialed up on his cell phone to call the fire department. <laughs> They're about to set someone on fire. Come quick. <laughs> What is this? this is weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, so hey, you're you're fulfilling the last. You're laughing so hard and laughing so hard and oh. laughing so hard. <laughs> so it works. It's true. It's a self fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> All right. Oh, do you want to give a number on this clarity question before we go to break? Um. Well, yeah. So put it, let's put it at five because on the sense that they use sentences, it's fine. On the sense that the sentences don't make any sense in the world, it's zero. So let's average it and put a five. All right. How a five that? in the middle. We are crunching the praise song, You Are My Joy by the David Crowder <laughs> Band. If you want to send us your request... 
for the praise song quencher, send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Before we go to this break, I do want to tell you about an upcoming Table Scraps Alive, which is going to be on June the 6th. Uh, you can listen to it on piratechristianradio.com at 8 p.m. Central. We're talking about women's ordination, and we're going to be having a Methodist professor to come in and give his arguments for women's ordination. So you don't want to miss that. And you can call in uh, with your questions for this pr- professor uh, and, and, and ask him uh, what problems you see, what arguments you see uh, with women's ordination. Again, that's June the 6th on piratechristianradio.com at 8 p.m. Central Time. We are going to continue playing Praise Song Cruncher right after this commercial break. We are crunching You Are My Joy by David Crowder Band. And we're on fire. We'll be right back. <laughs> You really are listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Trying to make praise song Tra- praise songs better. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, here How's we- that going for us? <laughs> Not so well. <laughs> we are analyzing the song "You Are My Joy" by David Crowder Band, and uh, we have made our way through question number two to the praise song cruncher. Uh, through two uh, this is the song clear. So now we're at number three, mysticism, and this is objectivity versus subjectivity. If this song is objective, it gets a ten. If it's subjective, it gets a one. This is this is classic. Uh, you know you know how they used to make hymns, uh, and they would just give them the title would be the first line of the song. Right. <laughs> so imagine if this, if they did that with this one instead of being <laughs> "You Are My Joy," the name of the song would be "And He Set Me on Fire and I'm Burning Alive." Please turn to him. With the congregation, please <laughs> rise. And we'll sing, he set me on fire and I'm burning alive. <laughs> now, the reason why that's funny is because we are treating that like it's an objective fact. But the, the song, wants it's expecting you to treat these words like just about everything in every praise song is to be treated. In other words, totally subjectively. This is not talking about anything real. It's talking about your emotions. So, he, his, his breath in my lungs and I'm coming undone, it simply means that the Lord, when I come into the holy, awesome presence of God, I, I, uh, I now collapse in my unholiness. That's the, the, the picture of the scriptures. But it's, a, it's, a, it's not an, in the Bible when it talks about that. It actually happens. Here it's talking about it. It's just some sort of goofball guy up there singing about how, I don't know. He's burning up inside because of some reason. We don't even know why. Oh yeah, I mean, the pe- breath people, of the Lord. People crazy. always refer to this emotional charge as, as being on fire. So, oh, I'm on fire for the Lord. You'll hear. And so, is that kind of what you think that these guys are talking about? That uh, the I, by the way, am ablaze. I'm ablaze. You are ablaze. <laughs> oh yeah, after this song, especially. <laughs> Okay. What is the, who sings the other song about fire? Uh, Johnny Cash, right? Yeah. Burn, burn, burn. Uh, 
we, we this so this song is completely subjective. It must be the best construct putting the best construction on the song is giving it a ten on subjectivity, or whatever a zero <laughs> or however the so sub- goes. subjective because is one. Subjective is one, so this is completely subjective. So so one zero put a zero in there because if we have any objectivity at all in this song, then it is just complete nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, ah. I can't hold it in, remain composed, love's taken over me, I propose letting myself go. And this, by the way, oh, this is this this theme of losing yourself, right? Of losing control of this ecstatic experience. This kind of pagan mysticism is, is just is the goal of all this praise song nonsense. So that now you've got to be, here comes God, and now I'm just surrendering to him. I'm falling back into his hand. I, I'm, like the, I'm like the person in the desert in the Lipton iced tea commercial. I'm just falling back into this <laughs> pool of refreshing spirit or whatever, except for this time it's on fire. <sighs> now, so this ab- the, the abandonment of your own will and of your own reason is one of the marks of mysticism, huh? And here it is. I'm coming on, on, love's taking over, so I propose letting myself go. I'm letting myself go. Ugh, just complete rubbish. Subjective, number one. One. So what you're saying is if if we mark this objective, then we we have to start reading it objectively. So the objective reading is that he set me on fire. I mean, you have to take that quite literally. Right, right. If and if you so right, and so you don't want to do that. I mean, so if we, if this, you see, you see what the, a pickle, uh, David Crowder and his band have get putting us in here. If we are to read their uh, their words as words, then they're completely and utterly crazy. Someone's lighting you on fire. This right. is like some sort of Buddhist protest. You so, know? You, so you have to take it subjectively in order so for you it have to, to take it subjectively, ah, okay. which you don't want to, because if you take it subjectively, then it falls over into the into, into the into the the cruncher. into the swine pool of, <laughs> of of emotionalism. All right. Okay. Let's look at what number a four. Disaster. Uh, this is law and gospel. Does the song proclaim the law in its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness, uh, or are they mingled uh, or are they mixed up? What which is it? What's oh, this is a marvelous question. You want to talk about this a little bit? I got a couple things on it, but why don't you? Uh, you should get worked up about this song too, Evan. No, I don't want to end up like you. So go ahead. <laughs> you have. Be, when you, I'm an old pastor, you, you know, when we're recording our hundred thousand show, and I'm going to be like, oh, these pray songs, <laughs> these kids, and I'm just going to keel over with a heart attack because I get so worked more up. More gray hairs now because of the pray song cruncher, and I don't want to be looking like. <laughs> Poking out from behind my earphones. Oh, great songs. No, you shouldn't be so emotional. Horror. Uh, I, I think so, <laughs> I don't quite know what you have on law gospel here. So go ahead. Uh, the law. Wait, all right, look. Uh, when the holy presence of God comes to someone in the scriptures, they come undone. That's an expression of law. But for the mystic, that kind of uh, being undone by the holiness of God is their gospel. <laughs> you see what I mean? So. Uh, 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 I can't hold it in, remain composed, love's taken over, I let myself go, you are my joy. So that, you, you see, because for in the Bible, the presence of God is, first of all, law, because it exposes our sin. Woe is me, says Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live a bunch of, bunch of people with unclean lips. Or whenever the, 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 even the angels, the holy angels of God show up in the Old Testament, they, uh, the, 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 the people are falling all over the place, because the, the presence of God is, in the Bible, an expression of law. 
law, his holiness in contrast to our sin. But for the mystics, you're you're trying to get into the presence of God. That is the gospel, to be to have this kind of experience of the presence of God. So they take what should be law in the Bible and they turn it into gospel. So now his presence is burning me on fire. You are my joy. You are my joy. So I'm manufacturing the result of the gospel as, as uh, after experiencing some sort of law event. It's a complete and utter mingling of law and gospel, this mysticism is. Oof, boy, you did get worked up. You see it? I'm glad like, I got... You see what I'm talking... I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm yeah, talking? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I hope I'm not just spewing off here. I mean, I'm not trying to get people to have some sort of emotional experience of frustration with praise songs. Although I myself am having that experience now, which I am against. <laughs> but, but here you take this idea of being in the presence of God and coming undone, and then you make it into something good. Well, tell that to... You know, tell that to the priests who were consumed by the fire. Tell that to all the thousands of people that fell into the hole of God's wrath. And tell that to all the people that are burning in hell. That God's, you know, the presence of God and his holiness is supposed to make you somehow joyful. Yeah. yeah. So, so so, you have Uzziah who touched the Ark of the Covenant and died. He, he's singing this song, I'm coming to the presence of the Ark. And, I'm <laughs> and he's, he's striking me down. <laughs> <laughs> you strike uh, me down, uh, O oh Lord. <laughs> I know. It's a, see, for the mystic, the presence of God is just like some sort of big energy ball. And you got a. It's like, you know, what are those gum commercials where you got the guy laying in like uh, two million pounds of. Um, of a buckshot and the music, you know, and it's and it's uh, some sort of gum commercial. I've never quite got that, but that's how the presence of God is. It's some sort of, it's just this big energy ball, and you can touch it. Ooh. <laughs> it's like the the little thing at the science experiment, and you touch the thing, and it makes your hair stick up. You know, that's what the, that's what God is like for the mystic. Ooh. Now I'm having some sort of ecstatic experience because the presence of God. How could it be bad after all? Right. Okay. Well, but it could be bad because you're a sinner. So the presence of God is dangerous apart from the flesh of Jesus. This is why God has to come in our flesh. I mean, why did Jesus go? If God is just some sort of ecstatic energy ball, why did Jesus go to all the trouble of getting a body and dying on the cross? I mean, if, if all religion is about is just kind of s is sticking our toe in the electric socket of the divinity, then then why did Jesus sink himself into our flesh, for goodness sakes? Right. That's crazy. So are you saying that this is not properly divided, law and gospel? Yes. <laughs> okay. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, that I myself lacked clarity there. <laughs> I think but, <laughs> I get so worked up that I stop using sentences with verbs and objects. It's just words. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Electric socket. Hair sticking up. <laughs> Cow in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at number five then. Is there any explicit false teaching in this song? I mean, if there is teaching, it's false. Yes. Because, I mean, true. it's true to say that God is our joy, but what is? The, why am I letting myself go? When did, when did the Lord command us to let ourselves go, to be swept away in this mystical presence? And when did he ever promise to set us on fire? I want to know what this last stanza is about. I'm laughing so hard, and I'm laughing so hard, I'm laughing so hard. I, I, don't, I don't get that whatsoever. I look, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. Well, I mean, because, look, this is the whole part of it is that you're, you're, you're losing your will and your mind to this emotional experience or whatever. So then, woohoo! so joy. Now I'm laughing about it. Ugh. 
All right. So, I th- is, has this one been thoroughly crunched? I hope so, man. Let's mm. not bring this one up again. <laughs> All right. Well, we're almost time for this next break. But don't you want to ask me the final question is if we should uh, sing this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, should, <laughs> should, this, should this be in our worship? No. Okay. No. <laughs> should this be in our car? No, no. Should this should be nowhere. This should not be on the earth. Should this <laughs> Should this be set on fire? I'm going to have to delete uh, this on my website here so you know, I don't All right. Well, we do want to hear from you. Agree or disagree? Send us an email questions at tabletalkradio.org or give us a call 866-851 5523 and we'll respond to your comments or questions as soon as we can on the air. We'll be right back with Tables on Radio. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. Making our way back from Fifteen days still time for you. Time to buy and time to lose. Fifteen. There's never a wish better than this. When you only got a hundred years to live. Saw a bump in with a hundred. Yeah, thank you. Nice. I'm glad you noticed that. I was like, this is a dumb bump, but uh, it has hundred in it. So a hundred, a hundred, hundred <laughs> years though, not a hundred shows. It might, se- it might, se- one show might seem like a year to all you dear listeners. <laughs> For most, yes, that's true. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, everyone's favorite <laughs> theological game show, and we are still praise song crunching. I don't think we're going to get to Bible B. Uh, but no, this next one like is by request also. Uh, this came from our Facebook page, didn't it, Pastor? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know who posted it for us, but um, I, I don't get on that, that wretched social networking website. Um, <laughs> but here it is. This is uh, The Great Divide by Point of Grace. Signs, trying to fathom the distance, looking out across the cave. By my hands, God is gracious. Sin would still separate us. Were it not for the grace, His grace has made us. That's it. Um, I heard you moaning and complaining in the background. Are you doing beatbox now? Yep. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Is Jesus mentioned? Do you see him in there? Hey, son. The son is there. 
Yes, Jesus is there. He sent a Savior here, up here. The mercy of the Father cost his son his life. Yep, Jesus is there. Okay. By concept. Sent a by Savior. His, yep. By his nicknames. Uh, son and Savior, My Lord, at the, at the bottom yep. there. Yep. Yep. Jesus okay. is there. All right. Uh, now, the clarity question, is the song clear? Does it use sentences of subject, verb, and object, or sentence fragments? Sentence fragments here, uh, for example, the beginning, silence, trying to fathom the distance, and then you think to yourself, well, what about the silence? Silence, you don't expect more words to come, but... Sure enough, <laughs> by my hands, God is gracious. I didn't understand what that first part was talking about. I, uh, looking at about the canyon carved by my hands, but this is the idea that, look, I'm a sinner, so I, by my own will and my own most grievous sin, have created a chasm between me and God. That's fine, I guess. It's not real. It takes a little work to get. I got it sorted out, though. Don't worry, Evan. I got it sorted. So, uh, th- But this on the clarity scale is probably about a seven. Uh, because it is using phrases and, um, or no, no, f- less than that, six, five and a half, five and a half, because it's using phrases, sentence fragments, it's creating images in our mind without um, without actually making assertions, etc. Five and a half would be tipping the scale towards clarity, is that what you want? Mm-hmm. Other way. Yeah, so four, four and a half. half. Okay, good. All right, you always get that backwards. I don't know. Who wrote that thing? They did it backwards. <laughs> okay. Number three, mysticism, is it subjective or objective? Well, it's a kind of a mix of the two, right? Because it talks about this sin that we've created and then the bridge across the gulf of sin. But the, but when we're talking cross. about our sin, then you want to be talking about our sin. I mean, because uh, we're, we're talking about the things that we do, and that's that's when you want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. what we do mm-hmm. is when, in the context of our but sin. This is the thing that where this song falls woefully short is that it talks about this bridge across the gulf of the gap of sin, you know, the Grand Canyon right. of my sinfulness. But it doesn't. It, it needs to talk about some objective things on that bridge. So I mean, as close as it gets, the mercy of the Father cost His Son His life. So okay, so there's the death of Jesus. But uh, <clears throat> but then that's it. So. That, that's as close as you're going to get. He's provided a path, promised to guide us, safely past all the sin that would divide us. That, I think, is wrong, by the way. Uh, but um, but it's still now, uh, it's, a, it's, like, um, it's like I'm lost in the woods of sin, but God is going to kind of show me the, the way to get out of it or something right. like this. Now, let me, let me throw this at you. Uh, what is, because um, it's talking about this, uh, the sin that which we've done, but what is what is the problem now that we've committed sin, and what what is the problem that this this song presents as the problem because of our sin? Oh, uh, that there was that we're separated, from right? That, huh? And so here again, we're going back to uh, you know so that the problem of our sin is that we're separated from God. The, the golden is to be back in presence with God, which I think right, we just got right. done talking about, didn't we? Right. I mean, in one way, it's fine to talk about being back in the presence of God because our holiness does put a gap between us. But the way that we are in the presence of God is that God happens to take our flesh and blood and come down to us uh, and die for us and you know, so, he can, so we can be with him forever. So it's not some sort of uh, mystic idea of this. So you, you would want a little more clarity here because the way we go back into the presence of God is not by some sort of mystical experience. It's by this forgiveness of sins. Right. And th- um, th- this song is just reminding me of the illustration you always see that you have uh, like two cliffs with a, a abyss in the middle and on the, on the cliff on the left is God and on the cliff on the right is man. Right. And so this yep. bridge that is, is built is, is the cross. And now what this enables you to do then is to what 
walk, you walk across, across the bridge path. to get to the you other follow side. follow the path, etc. That's yeah. right. That's the four spiritual laws. That's terrible. So Jesus has made so that the cross becomes. I mean, this is there's a big difference here, and this is an important distinction. The cross becomes the potential of our salvation in this whole system. But that's not what the Bible says. It's not that the cross makes it possible for us to be saved. The cross is our salvation. The death of Jesus is our salvation. It's not it's not making the way so that we can go through. It's God coming down and grabbing hold of us and washing us and, and having us as his children, calling us to be his own. It's it's everything. It's the beginning and the end. It, we we got to take ourselves completely out of that because Jesus wants to do it all, and he does it all. Right. That's, see, that's the idea here. He sent a Savior. He's provided a path and promised to guide us safely past all the sin that would divide us. No, he forgives the sin that divides us. It's not his, he doesn't, it's not that he comes and teaches us how to be perfect so that he can accept us. He makes us acceptable by the blood of Jesus. Right. Good. So did you want to put a number on this mysticism? Uh, yeah, it's right in the middle. Five. Oh, no, worse than that. Four. Okay. All right. Uh, then I'm kind of subjective on that. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Okay. Law gospel is it properly divided? Yes, no, or I can't tell. No, I can't tell. It doesn't. It's not clear enough. There's a little uh, law in there. There's a little gospel in there. You wish it would be a little bit better. I mean, uh, what do you think? You want well, to have I, it wrong? I was just gonna, yeah, I think it's wrongly divided. Just because we we were talking about the synergism, I, I think that divides law and gospel. Yeah, it's providing I mean, a path. You would say. Uh, on my own, I'm unable. He found me hopeless alone. That's law. He sent a savior. That's gospel. He provided a path and promised to guide us. Now, that's your synergism business. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. The cross that cost my Lord his life, that's law and gospel, has given me mine. That's fine. There's a bridge to cross the great divide. F- fine. But Jesus is the one who comes across... Uh, he comes across the, br- the, the bridge to us. That's the point. God comes to us. We are not to go to him. Um, he, he, he has decided that in salvation that he's going to do all the work. That's great comfort, and he gets all the glory, except for when the praise song comes along. <laughs> all right, about a minute and a half left. Uh, any explicit false teaching? Well, you're talking about this thing, the, this, uh, this synergism that we're becoming part of our salvation. That would be false teaching, yes. Okay. So would you have this song in your church? No. Would you have this song in your car? No. Would you have the song in the garbage? <laughs> That's mean-spirited. <laughs> well, where I don't you, go for that mean-spirited stuff. Sorry, in, I think that's judgmental. Shredder. You're being too judgmental. <laughs> All right. I don't go for that judgmental stuff. Okay, how about a lightning round of, of Bible B? Yeah, okay. Do you you want... just give me stuff because I don't have any. Okay, do you want uh, three <laughs> verses, one verse, or one word? How much time do we have? About a minute. Oh, uh, one verse. Okay. Coming right up. <laughs> uh, okay, ready? Here he is. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> this is good. I'm ready. Uh, after him, the priests, the men of the valley, carried out repairs. What? What? <laughs> After him, the priest, the men of the valley, carried out repairs? Yes. That's the it. only book I know about repairing things is Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, so I think men of the after the priest is Ezra. Ezra's the priest. But Nehemiah is talking about the building. I'm going to say Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Nehemiah it is. Nehemiah oh, 322. Uh, with 30 seconds is Nehemiah law or gospel. <laughs> 
Nehemiah. So here, the Lord works it to where his people can go back to their to the to Jerusalem, Mount Zion. And Zion is the it, it should be in all the world. It should be the lightning post, the lightning rod of the gospel, because that's where God accepts sacrifice for sin, which is what he does on the cross. So this is a picture of the gospel preparation for Jesus to come and die for us. Good job. All right. 200 points. Those are the only points. We, neither one of us got our buzzword. We have buzzwords. Oh, yeah. In this I totally game? forgot about that. I forgot that, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio this uh, 100 show. And uh, please continue listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points don't matter. You didn't get one? <laughs> I forgot about that. How long have we been doing this? 100 times or what? <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.